Hi, and welcome to the Black and White Podcast. I'm Denise Pass, along with my amazing co-host, Micah Maddox. This month, we are talking about what it means to live anchored in. We aren't on a ship for this, are we, Micah? (laughs) (laughs) You know, life is a... Sometimes it's a boat, and sometimes it's a roller coaster. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I hate roller coasters. I'm just going to say that right now. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, and I am, as we know, I may have said it here before, safe girl, okay? I'm just going to say that right now. (laughs) The scripture for the day is from Psalm 63, 1 through 8, and I just think it beautifully goes with the message of Anchored In. It's the English Standard version. It says, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live in your name. I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you, your right hand upholds me. This scripture to me is just life. You know, I I think Mm -hmm. about the vivid imagery of him satisfying us as with fat and rich food. You know, for dudes out there, you know, that's a piece of bacon, right? (laughs) Yeah, for me, I'm like, yes, I want a donut. (laughs) terrible. Okay, we are not spiritualizing this very well, people. (laughs) But really, you know, I think just there's nothing in this world, nothing will satisfy us Mm. like God does. And we see this so beautifully written in this psalm. Mm -hmm. So, Micah, when I look at this scripture and I think about your book, what does it mean? Because this is really what it means to be anchored in when I look at this passage. But but tell me, what does it mean to to live anchored in? You know, Denise, every day we anchor our lives in something. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we anchor our lives in our work or our mothering or our goals or desires. And sometimes it's our problems. But really, we know that we should anchor our lives in the Word, in Jesus. And, you yes. know, we know what we should do, but too often we just get it mixed up because life is so distracting. Yes. So I know for me in this season I, that I'm in, I can easily anchor my life in my motherhood. Mm. I've got four kids. They're busy. They've got activities. They've got appointments. And it's nuts. Yes. And so every day I wake up and I think, okay, what do I need to do for my kids? Mm -hmm. Instead of the first thought being, how can I focus my mind on the Lord, you know? And then as I look at my kids, I'm like, okay, and they've got an appointment here and we really need to get some Mm -hmm. therapy there (laughs) and we really need a little help there. And I often allow my problems to take the center stage of my thinking and my life. Mm. And anytime we allow anything other than God to take the focus of our hearts and our minds, we are not living in the power that God has provided us to live in. Amen. So God is teaching me that living anchored in His presence and His power is the only way to experience God's power. You know, living anchored in means that we willingly set aside every circumstance and every problem, every desire of our lives, and we fully focus our hearts, 
our minds and our souls on the Savior as our anchor. Amen. Well, you know, when I heard you talking about therapy, I'm picturing the mamas out there who need some therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Don't we all? Right? (laughs) But, you know, it is uh, all the things. It's easy for us to focus on all the things we have to do. That is the urgent Mm -hmm. that commands our attention. What isn't easy is to choose what appears to be an invisible anchor. Mm -hmm. Right? That takes discipline. It takes choosing in that moment instead of being overcome and and let's face it as moms the moment your feet hit that floor someone's knocking on the door it's <laughs> true it's hard to even go to the bathroom without someone right you. <laughs> right but you know we don't often recognize that we are anchored to other things that might be weighing us down they might even be idols you're right you're right so many times in my own life there's been things even even my relationship with Jesus. I've made an mm. idol. And let me let me make sure I'm saying this right so you're not hearing what I'm not saying. <laughs> but sometimes I have allowed the checklist of my oh, relationship yeah. with the Lord to be an idol mm-hmm. over actually my heart's desire to love Jesus. Yes. You know? Yep. It's so easy to do. But when it comes to living anchored in and experiencing God's power right now in our lives, you know, I've learned that there's three things I've got to be very very aware of. First thing is my mind, mm-hmm. my heart, and my overall life. And we can we can say these things and we can sum it up real quick and make it look sound real Christian and cliche-ish, you yes. know? But truly, if we break these three things down, my mind, my heart, and my life, we'll start to see more clearly how it what it really means to live anchored in. Mm. So we're going to talk about these things, and I hope this doesn't sound too teachy today, but I think really this could help somebody that's listening. It just, as we kind of converse about these three different areas. So the first one is the mind. Mm. You know, you've heard it said the an idle mind is the devil's workshop, yes. you know? And so our thinking can really, really get a hold of us. And I don't know about you, but I ask myself questions sometimes like, um, am I really a good mom? Mm-hmm. <laughs> am I really fulfilling my role as wife the way I should be? Am I really qualified to write a book? You know, right. yeah. it, you name it, I've thought it. And I know that other women think the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, have you ever had doubts about yourself, Denise? You know, we all go there. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. <laughs> Never. Next question. With that. Yeah. <laughs> Moving right along. Moving right along. Okay. Yes. Yes. You know, we, we all have those times. And I, I do think that's like you had mentioned, the enemy, he, he really seeks to accuse us. Mm. That's his job. Mm-hmm. And he's really good at it. And he's a deceiver too. And so we can't entertain those thoughts. But there again is that choice and it's difficult to do. But you know, and so scripture actually discusses this topic a lot. Mm-hmm. Our minds are where the battle takes place of how we will actually live. We have to inform our minds with God's word to overcome the myriad of thoughts that are displeasing to God and yes. get us off track. Yes. Yes. The Bible says, take every thought captive. You know, sometimes that sounds a bit overwhelming because we have a lot of thoughts every day. It's like up in mm-hmm. the 75,000 range. Yeah. You know, it's really big. It's a lot, a lot of thoughts. So it feels a little overwhelming to think, take every thought captive. So as I as I thought on this more and more and developed more <laughs> thoughts. You um, must have hit 80,000. <laughs> I narrowed it down to like four main areas that really are my troubling thoughts. 
This, mm. is, this is a place where the troubling thoughts come in, where I really need to take these ones captive. And the first area is love. And, you know, you think of love in your life and you're like, wait a second, you know, what is she talking about? Any relationship. Yes. Whether that's a friendship, a, a family member, a neighbor, a coworker, your child, you know, the nursery worker at church, or it's mm-hmm. the drive through person, any relationship, interpersonal relationship that you deal with at any time, this is an easy area. Hmm. to develop major thought pattern problems. Yes. Because we have misunderstandings. Yes. Right? We mm-hmm. don't get along with one another. Mm-hmm. Or there's something is said and, and we it hurts our feelings and we take it and we carry that and we hold on to it and we think on it again and again. And we think of how they said it. Well, she said this and she said it this way. I wonder if she really meant, <laughs> right? What was the body language happening when she said that? <laughs> so this, this area is so vitally yes. important when it comes to our thoughts. Another area is our life events. You know, the big rocks in life, the good, the bad, the ugly, and all the in between. So for me, like the big rocks in my life or the big life events that my dad abandoned me. That's right. a big rock, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think of a big rock as college or college choice or college experience, or maybe you didn't go to college. And so that's an area, a thought area where the devil gets in and says, you're not qualified for anything, right. you know? And so this is these are areas that we really have to focus on and take captive so that we can name them. Yes. We've got to be able to name those mm-hmm. thoughts. Another area is loss. Now, this could be loss of a job, loss of a child, loss of a parent a friend, even simply a loss of a hobby. You know, maybe Mm -hmm. physically you're not able to do the same things you used to do or you don't have time to sit and sew or knit or whatever, you know, whatever that hobby is that fills you. And when we lose those things, it leaves a void in our life. Yes. Some are small, Mm -hmm. like a hobby. Some are huge, like a person. I recently lost my dad. Mm -hmm. And it's so simple for the enemy to get into my mind and to play games with me and to you know, cast blame and shame on me mm. when it really is nothing personal to me. It's just life events and yes. loss. And another area is lies. You know, the, the Bible calls the devil the father of lies. Mm. And he is so good at condemning us. And you, yes. you know all about this, Denise, mm-hmm. with your book, Shame Off You. And the enemy, he shoots those arrows and he tries to tell us lies, tries to get us to believe the lies. And then in our minds, it gets us to tell ourselves the lies he's telling us. Yes. And it's like we've yep. got the devil on one shoulder and the Holy Spirit on the other. Yes. But really, we have the Holy Spirit within. Mm-hmm. That's what we have to remember and believe mm. the truth of. You know, the Bible says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Isaiah 26, 3. This tells me something very different than all these crazy thoughts that I let fill my mind. Yes. (laughs) Peace is possible. Hear it again. (laughs) Peace is possible, but it's not without work. I've got to learn to retrain my mind. So the simplest way that I've learned to retrain my mind from all these old, yucky, false, bad thoughts is to replace the old thought with a new thought. It's like the old man and the new man that the yes. Bible talks about, you know, but it's easy to say it. It's a whole nother thing because mm-hmm. every day, Denise, I struggle with this every mm-hmm. single day. And what I'm, what I'm learning is if I can replace my thoughts with scripture, then I can begin to win in my yes. thought life. 
You know, just like David says in Psalms, it's all about meditating on God's word day and night so that when those old thoughts come, I can combat it with the new thoughts of God's word, with the living, breathing word of God. God's word is powerful. The Bible says it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the deepest places. And the more I'm thinking on it Mm. and the more I'm focusing on it, the more of God's power I can experience in my mind. I love that. And I, you know, you brought up such a great point about the void that we experience in our life, whether it's through loss or different things that we encounter, that's when the enemy can really come and try to fill that void and fill our minds with unredeeming thoughts. But we have we have an option there mm. to replace those thoughts with righteous ones and his truth. Um, so that's just amazing there. So this training of the mind is dying to self. That's right. really how I, I see it in my life. And the flesh doesn't like it. <laughs> it is a discipline. Mm-hmm. And Scripture says that no discipline seems pleasant at the time, rather painful. But later on, it produces a harvest of righteousness for those who have been trained by it. Mm. The peace of Christ washes over us when we refuse to think on idle things and point our thoughts towards God's truth and righteousness. And I will tell you, people, when they hear that scripture, trained by it. I've been mocked when mm. I've used that scripture before because they're like, oh, what, are you training your kids? I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because that's what we are from the moment we hit this earth. We are in training mode. And it is putting to death the flesh and alive and walking in the spirit. Yes. And it's training, training, training. We're still in training. Definitely. We don't arrive down here. Right. And so when I would tell people, I'm, I'm training my children in the fear and admonition of the Lord and that they would know him, you know, to them, they're like, what is that? But it's really the mode operandi that we are supposed to have. Mm-hmm. For sure. Definitely. It's such a powerful thing when you actually experience it yourself, right? Mm -hmm. When you actually experience the power of God's word, retraining your mind. And when you see it in your children's lives too, right? Yes. Man, constant, constant struggle and battle, but there is victory. Yes. And that's the hope that we hold on to. So we talk about the mind as we experience God's power. And now we're going to talk a little bit about the heart. You know, the biggest struggle here with the heart is any time that the heart is divided. And what I mean is any time that something other than Jesus is getting our heart's attention, this is when we're going to get tripped up. This is hard because life's crazy. And like we talked about, our all of our responsibilities and all the things that we do and all the problems pull us in different directions. Yes. And, and in Jeremiah, he's so clear that he says, hey, the heart is deceitful above all things and it's desperately wicked. Mm-hmm. Who can know it? He asks. So this is obviously a big struggle for us. Yes. So what do you think divides our hearts, Denise? Wow. So many things. I really think it starts with our desires. Mm. We are led away, it says in James, when our desires become an idol and we try to satisfy our needs ourselves instead of trusting God. Our hearts are deceitful and beyond cure, as you were just saying. So we cannot trust our emotions to lead us well. That's hard because that's right Right. in our own body, you know, but we also Mm -hmm. have the Holy Spirit. So we need to guide our hearts. Mm, so true. It's so true. You know, one simple phrase that I tell people sometimes is a focused heart brings simplicity and mm. satisfaction to life, but a divided heart brings discouragement. 
uh, I tell you, just hearing the word simplicity brings me to a place of peace. Mm. Because life gets complicated, and we complicate it with sins and assumptions and the mess and mire of life. But when we get anchored, back to our anchor, you know, and I have to do this with my kids a lot. Mm-hmm. When they come to me with their troubles, which really I feel like, you know, Lucy on Charlie Brown, <laughs> I could be a rich woman. <laughs> but it is to provide that counsel, and that counsel is the Word of God. But mm-hmm. when my children come to me with problems now, and they're four young adults now that I have, and one child still, I ask them, have you been in the Word lately? Mm-hmm. And it's when they haven't been that day. Oh, you know, I haven't yet today. I was like, get there. Get there. That's where you need to, you know, get the right. answer to your problems. But, uh, you know, as we finish up today, we're going to talk about God's power, not only in our minds and hearts, but finally in our lives. Michael, what does it look like to experience God's power in our lives? Mm-hmm. You know, this is a hard question for for me to answer because you don't want to, you never want to be like, I know what it's like to have God's power. Look at me. <laughs> yeah, girl. I got the power. <laughs> I had to say that. Sorry. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. You know, God has truly shown me and allowed me to experience what it means to see and to know His power. And, you know, recently, Denise, I lost my dad to cancer. And watching my dad go through cancer, we experienced something just so amazing and profound and truly life-changing for me. Mm. Um, My dad had head and neck cancer, and Mm. his voice literally was strangled away from him through cancer. Mm. But that did not stop him from using his life to share about Jesus. You know, from the beginning of his cancer journey, and even before, he would speak the name of Jesus to others. And even after his voice was taken away, he still shared Jesus. He had this little board that he would write on, and every nurse that came into his room, he'd ask, he'd ask the question, do you know Jesus? Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something. He, we are still seeing the fruit of my dad's silent witness. Wow. Like, if you could have been in the hospital rooms mm-hmm. when those nurses would come in, and, you know, sometimes there would be that eerie silence because they would say, hey, Mr. Potter, how are you doing today? And he couldn't answer with his voice. And so Mm -hmm. then there's the silence. And he would take his little board out, and he would witness to these nurses. And he'd show them his board, and they'd look at it. And some of them, you know, if they were believers, they'd reply in just a wonderful, wonderful way. Others would think and contemplate a little bit. And it was it's really amazing. But even now, even today, we are still seeing the fruit of it. Just last night, I ran into one Mm. of his nurses. And it was so amazing. I was like, you work on the fourth floor. (laughs) And she was like, oh, my goodness, your family and your dad, how are you? And we began to talk a little bit. And another nurse has attended our church, sat with my mom, several services. And another nurse I ran into at my little boy's daycare. And she was like, oh, my goodness, Micah, you'll never know the impact that your dad made at the hospital. And I'm like, man, the impact that my dad made. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's the impact that Jesus made. Because without a voice, my dad was able to still share the name of Jesus. And I think, man, that's power. Not Mm -hmm. my dad's power, but God's power. That God would be so real in my dad's life 
that he would be to keep he would be able to like keep on keeping on yes. all the way to death's door. You mm. know, it was like two days before he died. He still wrote on that little board. Wow. Do you know Jesus? Mm. It's like in the middle of the night they had they had called and said, you know, it might be tonight you need to come up here. And I get up there and um, he made it two more days. But just before that, my mom said he had written to the nurse, Do you know Jesus? Romans 10, and he pointed to mom, said, hey, tag, you're it, you know? Like, mom, <laughs> share the gospel with mm-hmm. with Elizabeth and let her know that Jesus loves her. It's like, man, that is what's God's power. That yes. is what his power looks like, you know? It's when we can share the truth even without a voice. When mm-hmm. we can say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for God's with me, and God will never leave me. And I love God so much that I'm willing and ready to speak His name to anybody that will listen. And I'm going to share Him no matter if I have a voice or not. That's God's power. That really is. And, you know, I think about that's really anchored in in the midst of suffering. Mm. And the world has this huge problem with suffering and saying, God isn't good if he allows me to suffer. Mm -hmm. But your dad testified to God's goodness, even when he wasn't capable of with his voice, is amazing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I have a little glimmer of that myself uh, when I was hospitalized for nine days with pneumonia, and I couldn't talk. And the Lord gave me this vision, and he told me, get up and write a scripture on that board. Mm. It was all I could do to get up. I mean, I was pretty bad shape. Mm-hmm. But that, you know, sometimes you might think, oh, you're a superhero. That's what we're called to do. I mean, if we say we really know God, mm-hmm. if we're really anchored in, that isn't just in the good times. It's right. at all times, you know, so that people have a way. We're pointing them true north. This is the answer right now in my suffering. This right. is the answer, you know. Yeah. But what an amazing witness. I I praise God that your dad knew God was calling him on mission. You see, when troubles come, we try to find refuge in other things and escape the pain. But anchoring ourselves to Christ, we hold fast to God's promises. And we need no other anchor. It is by standing firm that the world sees our God is the one true God. And we are able to, and He is able to enable us in the worst storms. Yes. You know, it's really amazing how how powerful our God truly is. Mm-hmm. And we when we acknowledge that and when we live in that power, that's when we experience the power. Yes. Right? And yes. it's not reserved. <clears throat> excuse me. It's not reserved for special, specific people. It's mm-hmm. reserved for anybody. Yes. Mm-hmm. Radical grace today is God's power is not reserved for pastors or for leaders or teachers, but God's power is reserved for anyone who is willing to pursue Him. The raw truth is that life will tend to divide our hearts and make us struggle to focus on God, but God's Word holds the power to change our thinking, our hearts, and our lives when we focus on it day and night. And the real hope is that no matter how hard life gets, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. It's up to us to claim the truth and live in the power that God offers. You've been listening to the Black and White Podcast, where we filter life through the Bible and live life in the freedom of truth.